Welcome to the Southside Community Church Podcast with Pastor Mark Hahn. We are located at 1815 South P Street in Elwood, Indiana. Visit us on Facebook. The link will be in the description below. Have a great day. Kings, first book of Kings, chapter number 19, first book of the Kings in chapter 19. <clears throat> I'll begin reading there with verse number one. <clears throat> and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he rose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Amen. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither and unto a cave and lodged there. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the children, for the for jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering end of the cave and behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, 
shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abelamahoah, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth that hath not kissed him. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercies this morning. <clears throat> we pray, dear God, that your word would go out today and accomplish that for which you would send it. Knowing us and give us the grace that we need, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes. We know in the story uh, that just prior to our reading, uh, we all know the story of how he challenged the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Now, the story, or uh, the challenge was that the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And now God had always answered by fire. We could read some places in the, in the scripture where God uh, came down and consumed the sacrifice. This was not new. Even when Samson was to be born and uh, his parents went out and put the cake on the uh, rock and the, and the drink for uh, uh, the angel there, that he went up in the fire off the altar. That meant that God accepted the sacrifice. And so God had answered by fire before, and in the Old Testament we find that they fell upon their faces and cried, the Lord is God. The Lord, he is God. But now what had come is uh, the practice of the worship of Baal had come in the land. And Baal was the sun god, and thereby denoted to be by the heathen, the god of fire. And so he had taken the very name that was, that was given to God or that was attributed to God, being a God that answers by fire, and claimed, they claimed that this was the God of fire. Not different much from the world we live in today. Uh, that the, the wicked have uh, proclaimed that, you know, they're gods and uh, what they have is the real uh, God and to serve the flesh and to serve the things right. of the flesh. Right. But not only this, but uh, and so Ahab the king, the wicked king Ahab, he worshipped Baal and had 450 prophets. But uh, his wife Jezebel, the very wicked woman, she worshipped the god of Ashtoreth. And so whenever you read where it said the god, or they worshipped in the groves, or the, uh, the, the prophets of the groves, those were the uh, prophets of hers that were of, the, of Venus, the goddess Venus, or Ashtoreth as she was called. And uh, she was supposed to be the goddess of love, but really she was the goddess of lust. Yes. And uh, so this was her practice and her worship, and, and Baal was uh, the worship of Ahab. And so Elijah challenged them all that day. But of course, right. we know uh, Ahab and his soldiers are all there. But uh, uh, Jezebel and her uh, prophets are not there. We can find out that a few chapters over that they're consulted. So we know that neither Jezebel went up on the mountain for the contest, nor her prophets. But the 400 prophets, 50 prophets of Baal, you know the story. They, uh, they uh, danced, they cut themselves. They, uh, Elijah mocked them and said, uh, you know, uh, if, he, if he's a god, maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's in a journey or whatever. And of course, there was no answer. And so the time of the evening sacrifice, which every day in the temple, 
In the morning there was a sacrifice of a lamb without spot. In the evening there was a sacrifice of a lamb without spot. And that's the time that Jesus died. At the evening time, the second lamb that was to be offered. And at the time of that sacrifice drew near. And in the temple, the lamb was being slain. And Elijah took the stones of the altar that were all scattered everywhere, broken down, and hadn't used it to worship God, worship Jehovah in a long time. The practice of Baal about taking the land just like it is today. Right. The practice of serving all the gods of the worlds. And look, you know, there wasn't that many years ago that this church was pretty full. Right. And times of revivals and, and all it was packed. You know, I remember the first time that I ever came here and preached and, and filled the whole filled the whole congregation. I mean, there was right. people that yes. filled all the pews. But now today, the practice of worshiping the gods of the world is just about overtaking us. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the you know the contest, and uh, she was Astra was supposed to be the god of the moon. Baal was supposed to be the god of the sun. He was supposed to be able to answer by fire. And what, the, what they used to do, his prophets, they said, used to dig a hole in the, underneath the sacrifice where they were going to put a sacrifice. They would dig a hole and they would uh, put uh, a stick down in the bottom of the hole and they would put, they would light that stick, a slow burning stick, and then they would put a lot of sawdust and little pieces underneath the wood that would ignite once the fire came up that stick. While they danced around and did all their ceremony, they would uh, let the fire climb up that stick, and then it would light and burn the wood, and, and it would give the appearance and fool the people, believing that Baal answered by fire. Of course, Elijah made sure that they didn't do that. He right. stood there and watched them had all the people watching them well they couldn't do their trick and so when the time came for him to do to call for god to answer by fire he said go get four barrels of water right <laughs> and that that water came no doubt probably from either the mediterranean sea or it came from the Red Sea, either way, it was going to be salt water. God always uh, required him to put salt on his sacrifice. Right. But he drenched it down to prove that he didn't have a hole under there and a stick and there were, nobody could say that he fooled the people. And not only that, if you've ever went to light a fire and try to burn wood or anything, if you just put the fire on top, it'll never get started. Fire has to be down under. But this fire that came down from heaven, it burnt on the way down. It burnt the bullock. It burnt the wood. Right. It burnt the stones. It licked up the dust. And it took up the water. Right. Amen. Then he called for the prophets to be slain. And they slew 450 prophets of Baal with Ahab and his soldiers there. Ahab didn't stop them. You know why? of all the conflict that Ahab had had with Elijah and the dealings that he had with him, he knew that day that his prophets were false. Right. And he knew that the God of Elijah was real. Amen. And so the story where we pick up now is that Ahab went and told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. He didn't go there saying go kill him. He didn't go there uh, saying, you know, he went there and told her what happened. 
My, my prophets danced around and they, they couldn't bring any fire down, but he walked up there, he repaired an altar, and he prayed and fire fell from heaven right. and Amen. burned it all up. Yes. Oh, this made Jezebel so mad. Mm -hmm. you, you expose the counterfeit today. You expose what's wrong. So true. You expose what's hypocritical in people's lives today. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, there's going to be anger and hatred. That's right. And, and yeah. she hated him. And she said, sent a message to him and said, by tomorrow this time, said that your life is going to be like one of those 450 prophets that you slew. And so we find in our story that he, he goes for his life. Is he just afraid of her army? What he's afraid of is his own people's going to turn him in. Because when he gets there, he says... Your people have torn down your altars. They've slain your prophets. Anyway, he runs for his life. And where's he head? He heads to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God. Amen. You know, it depends. Our outcome depends when we're down and when we're discouraged about things. It depends on which way we run. Right. Which way we head. Amen. Sometimes people run away from God. Right. But we as Christians, we ought to always run to God. Praise God. And yes. he's headed that way. And now, after a great, you know, after a great victory, you know, he just called fire down from heaven. He didn't just do that. He went, you know, he he prayed and and uh and he told Ahab, you know, it hadn't rained for three and a half years. And he told Ahab, he said, uh, there's sound of abundance of rain. Now, he hadn't even prayed yet. But he believed God's going to send the rain. But when he went to pray, do you remember what happened? He sent his servant to go look. He sent him seven times. Yes. You would have thought that a man who just prayed a prayer on the top of the mountain and called fire down from heaven. You would have thought he went up there and prayed a simple little prayer and the rain would have started. But he prayed to pray seven times. We're, we're probably the most lacking church age about prayer that Amen. there is. That's Jesus true. said, my house should be called of all nations, the house right. of prayer. Amen. Really, the preaching of God's word is to help us, instruct us, and encourage us. And, and the songs are supposed to bless us and stir our hearts. But prayer is the real reason to come together and really to pour out our petitions to God Amen. and call upon God together. That's what Amen. church is really about. Right. Our lives are our, our life of prayer. We find that he prays seven times. I can't imagine, but I'd love to hear him pray with you. Right. Could you imagine listening to that man pray? And send his servant. And the servant comes back six times and said, Ain't nothing. Go look again. What did that servant think? How confused was that servant? Right. We just been up there on the mountain and he calls down fire from heaven. And he's prayed six times and I don't even see nothing. And he comes back that seventh time after he goes out there and he, and he looks and he squints and looks out over the Mediterranean Sea and he's staring and he's looking and he says, I see a little cloud about the size of my hand. 
looking at it like this, it's about the size of my hand. Right. He comes back and he says, well, he said, there's a little cloud. When I look at it, it's about the size of my hand. He jumps up off the ground and he says, tell Ahab to get his horses going. And he says, get off this mountain because he said there's going to be a great rain. <laughs> and not only that, but he girds up his loins. And you know, if you've been down, driving down the road and it's raining so hard that your windshield wipers can't work enough and you have to pull over and you have to stop. Well, there's no cab on this chariot. And there's no windshield wipers on that chariot. And those horses are running as fast as they can to get back. And Ahab's just trying to cover his head. And all of a sudden he said, what was that? Looked like a ghost went by. Well, that was Elijah the Tishbite outrunning the bravest horses in the land back to the city. Man. Yes. But now he's all discouraged, isn't he? Let me tell you, after we have a great service or a great things happen and good things are happening, you can be sure, you can be sure the devil's on your doorstep. The devil's going to bring some kind of trouble that just after every great victory and every great service and every great revival, the devil's going to throw something. Amen. How true. At you. Yes. Right. Some kind of trouble is going to come your way. Because yes. the devil ain't just going to let good things happen. He's not right. just going to let uh, 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 great things happen in our lives all the time. The devil ain't going to let us just live every day in uh, fair weather. He's going to bring trouble all that he can in our lives. Man. Man. True disappointment. He's not going to let a church be built without doing what he can to knock out the blocks. That's right. Huh? Amen. Amen. And so, we find him now, and you wonder, somebody's, you know, have you ever been discouraged? I used to say this, anybody in the church that's not been discouraged is because you ain't never tried to do anything for God. Right. Amen. Because if you do anything for God, the devil's going to make sure that you suffer for it in some way. That's so true. The Bible said when I would do good, evil is present with me. Right. If you have a thought, I need to go pray, Immediately, another thought will come. I need to do this first. Right. If you have a thought, hey, I ought to go here. Got to call that brother. I ought to send a card. I ought to do this. I ought to go visit that person. I guarantee you, the enemy's going to come up with something to keep you from doing that. That's true. Yes. I've missed opportunities. I didn't miss this last one. Thank God. I'm glad God helped me and I didn't miss it. Right. Friend of mine's wife just passed away with cancer. It's been a battle, like some of you are facing. She's faced that battle, and and I've kept in contact. And we sent the sent the bouquet of flowers before. You know, I said I'm gonna send them before the time would come. Been about three months back, but I felt the Lord say, get her card. And I almost didn't do it, you know. Well, you know, I don't know. I almost didn't do it. So I went. But I did. I went. And I looked in the store. and I looked at the religious cards, you know. Mm -hmm. And none of them said what I wanted to say, needed to say. I found this card that talked about a tree. Talked about how it was the wind that had tore its branches, stripped its leaves, broken it in several places and bent it over at times in the storm. They talked about how its roots 
went deeper. <laughs> Amen. Right. I wrote in a few things and changed some things, and then, you know, and I said to him, "This is not what you know." That tree said, "This is not what I'm. Uh, it, it's not what defines me. Not not all of what really defines me is the deep roots that I have." Amen. And right. then I wrote in there about how those deep roots was in Jesus and how she had given and and so used it they they used that card at her memorial service that was instead of a verse of scripture they used that card and what it yes. said god gives us opportunity to do good and the enemy's right there to stop us mm-hmm. when if we would follow every inclination even this morning i felt like all oh, we gotta come over here but this morning i'm about to talk myself out of it I thought I'm going to go ahead and go. Amen. Praise God. And he's discouraged. And I said, if you haven't never been discouraged in the work of God, it's because you ain't never done anything for God. Because I'm going to tell you, no matter how hard you try, there's going to be times you feel like a failure. Yes. Sometimes when I think about raising my kids, and I raised them in church and, and took them to church all the time and, and everything, but I still feel like I failed. I feel right. like a failure yes. sometimes. And he feels like he's a failure and he says, I'm no better than my father's. He could see the failures in his father's. My dad was a good man, a godly man, got saved and was a great man. Matter of fact, the funeral director said, we've never, ever seen this many people. I've never had a funeral this many people come. There's supposed to have been a two-hour break in the calling. We were supposed to have two hours, a, a two-hour break and come back for two hours or three hours, and there was no break. They came all day. You couldn't even sit down. All the people that came to my dad's funeral. My dad had some faults, failures, shortcomings. We're no better than our fathers. Amen. <laughs> right. We're not going to be such great Christians that we're better than all the people that went before us. <laughs> Sometimes they were discouraged. Sometimes they stumbled. Sometimes they came up short. And he's so low. He feels like giving up. You can't imagine, can you? And so what does he do? He starts heading toward the mountain, but he ain't going to make it. Without God's help, he ain't going to make it. He's not even going to get there without God's help. Right. When you want to seek God and you want to find help from God, God's going to be helping you get to him because you can't get there by yourself. That's true. Amen. And so what's he do? He sends an angel, and that angel wakes him up and tells him to eat, eat, you know, and I don't know. Water was probably a lot different before, before, the, before sin came into the world, don't you imagine? <laughs> I bet water tasted a lot different back there, don't you? I bet it was the best water he ever drank. But where did you get this water? And that cake that he ate was the best cake he ever ate. And he laid down. You know, when we're discouraged and trials and troubles comes and it wears us out emotionally, physically, his strength's gone. Everybody looked at him on Mount Carmel and said, look at that great, powerful man, but he was still just a man. Do you know some theologians actually say they think that that Elijah was an angel? And Elijah, perhaps he was an angel. Bible tells us he was a man of like passions right. as we are. That's right. We see him the man now. 
On Mount Carmel, we saw the great, great, mighty saint of God. Now we see the man. Uh We're still men. We're still people of flesh. We still have heartache and trouble and brokenness and weakness. Amen. Discouragement. Wakes him up again. And I don't know. I just about wonder if he thought, was that all just a dream? But he does something now that only two other people in the Bible has ever done. One was Moses and one was Jesus. He fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. And in the strength of this meat, a fasting 40 days, he heads toward Mount Horeb, where not only did Moses receive the law, but when Moses was called to go lead the people that were stiff-necked and hard to lead and going to be problems, there were a lot of good people in the crowd, right. but there was a lot of trouble in the crowd too. Mm-hmm. So much trouble that Moses said, if I'm going to lead these people, you got to show me your glory. i got to see your glory. And I'm going to tell you something. That's something the church of yesterday had a lot more of. Right. And they were able to accomplish a lot more because they had a lot more. Amen. But you and I have to see some of the glory of God. Right. Brother Mark wouldn't even be here if he hadn't seen the glory of God in past services, past times, and, and times uh, in his life. And, and, and his daughter wouldn't, Courtney right. wouldn't be able to be filling the place. But even as a little girl, she was in some of those revivals that we were in right. together Amen. where the glory of God came and it done something in our lives. Right. Amen. <laughs> yes. We keep pressing on because we know what little bit we've experienced here. When we get there, it's going to be all over. Amen. It's going to be the whole atmosphere right. of heaven. God. That glory of God. Yes. And so that little bit keeps us pressing on. And Moses said, I'm going to lead these people. You're calling me to lead them across the Red Sea, across the desert, and all of you. I'm going to see your glory. Remember what God did? God said, go up there. He's at the same cave. Elijah's at the same cave on the same mountain where God told Moses, I'm going to pass by and I'm going to take my hand away and I'm going to let you see my hinder parts. Mm-hmm. But this is what was proclaimed when he went by. It said, And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Stood by him right there. The Lord did. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed. This is what he said when he passed by Moses that day. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. God proclaimed his own self. He he wasn't going to chide him. He wasn't going to be angry at him. He wasn't going to be disappointed in Elijah. He said, the Lord God, merciful, full of kindness, love. I'm afraid growing up in some of the church services that my kids grew up in, he wasn't preached like that. Yeah. He was such a God of wrath and such a God of anger. Mm-hmm. My kids thought if you do one thing wrong, you're done. Right. Thought he was watching over them every day to count every sin or shortcoming or failure in their life. How true. Yes. He's a God of mercy. Amen. 
forgiving iniquity and yes, sin. That's right, right, brother. And so before him goes the great wind that rings the rocks, tears rocks off this cave, and the boulders are rolling down the mountain and busting into pieces. You imagine how, how scared he must have been for a moment. Then an earthquake, and he can't even keep his footing hardly. And then a fire, lightning, just great fire, burning whatever. Their scrub brushes, all there could be there, setting fire and fire and the air just going past. And then the Bible said a still small voice. <laughs> and the Amen. theologians said it really should be trans translated to say still silence. Have you ever walked out on a fall day and it's just been no wind and just perfectly still? No disruption, no nothing, just perfect stillness. And in that perfect stillness, I've noticed it a lot more in fall days than any time of any time. But you know what? As I kind of went upstairs this morning and went to turn to go back down the steps and looked out the window and I kind of felt that feeling. Amen. I kind yeah. of felt that stillness that was Good. there. You know, just perfect stillness, silence. And God said in a still small voice, no anger, no wrath, no getting on him. God said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, well, I've been very jealous. If you go visit some other churches, you're going to get jealous for God too because they have much worship going on in many places. Right. So I'm very jealous. They tore down your altars. Your people have tore down their altars. Your altars, they've slain the prophets and I'm the only one left and they seek my life. And I'm a failure. I didn't accomplish what you wanted me to. But you know, the truth was he felt like he had to turn the nation back to God. He felt like that was his job. Well, that was part of his job in a way. But really only God could turn the hearts of people. Right. Only God. Yes. Well, Mark, you, there'll be times you feel like it's your responsibility that everybody is doing what they ought to do in the church. But it's not your responsibility. Right. All you can do is preach the word. Everybody's not going to obey Everybody's not going to follow the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. Yes. People you think would, but they won't. It wasn't his job. It was God's job to turn the hearts of the people. And God wasn't done. And basically what God said to him was, you're not a failure, son. You don't even know what I got planned for you. <laughs> He said, I want you to go anoint Elisha to be the prophet in your room. I want you to anoint Hazel to be king. And I want you to anoint Jehu to be king. One of them over Syria. And one of them over Damascus. Whatever. And he said, whoever escapes from Elijah, he said, Hazel's going to slay. And whoever escaped Hazel, Jehu's going to slay. So what he was saying was, and he said, and I got 7,000 that have never bowed the 
need a bail. Now, 7,000 wasn't the actual, it's a representative number. And what God said, you didn't fail. I'm not done. The plan's not finished. He, he yeah. said, "He said uh, you're uh, you're gonna uh, come to heaven, and, and and I got a surprise for you. You don't even know about. You're gonna ride in my chariot into the city right. whenever they wanted to honor somebody. The Old Testament, the king did. He put him on his, in his chariot and ran him through the city. And God said, you're gonna ride on my chariot and come down the gates of the city. You haven't failed. You've done exactly what I wanted you to do. And besides." That. I'm not done. I'll get those four other prophets. I'll, I'll destroy the wicked and I'll raise up my people. I'm gonna, I'm gonna carry on this work. Well, I'm not done. Amen. He said, "You've done your job." Somehow, I don't know at this point if he told him really he's gonna ride that chariot, but he knows it later on. But at this point, he may not know it. But he knows. God didn't. God said, "I'm proud of you, son." He done a great job. And Elijah's going to take over. And we're going to destroy the wicked. And we're going to turn yeah. Israel back to you. Back to me. I'm going to accomplish it. And I'm going to tell you, he was a different man going down that mountain. Right. You Amen. say a man who called down fire from heaven and now ran the best horses in the land and did all that. He needed. He needed that. We all need it. We all need it. We all need right. reassurance. We all need strength from heaven. Yeah. We all need to find the presence of God to hear God's voice. We all need to feel the, the love of God. Right. He's a different man going back down the mountain. I believe he's singing. I believe he's got us. And yes. I'm going to tell you something. He's not afraid anymore. Amen. After we meet with God, there's no fear. He's not afraid of Jezebel's army, is he? No. The first captain is 50 that comes. He just calls down fire and burns them up. Second one, he calls down fire. Right. Burns them up. He didn't know. He didn't even know that day under the juniper tree. But he was still God's man. And still had the power with God. And you know what? We've still got power with God. Yes. And we're still God's people. Amen. And we may not really realize all the power that is available to right. us. We, we may not realize at times when we feel like we failed, but really God was, God was pleased with us. He realizes our frame. He realizes. And sometimes sickness and troubles come in our lives. And sometimes that's when God speaks to us. Sometimes that's when we really just stop and he's got our attention. Amen. I think about young people today. They, from the time they wake up, they got that phone in their hand and the time they go to bed at night, it's consumed yeah. the whole day. God will have to do something to get their attention. Right. That's true. God will have to bring some troubles in their lives for them to ever even stop. Mm -hmm. He wasn't a failure. He stands out in the very few people that ever got to escape this world without going through natural death. Only any. Even Moses probably died a natural death. God buried him on the mountain. Mm -hmm. This is 
It's only the second person we know of that even escaped natural death. That's how good of a job he did. That's how many right. right. <laughs> Praise God. That's who he was. He wasn't who he thought he was in the eyes of God. He was what God knew he was. Amen. And that's what matters. It's what God knows we are.